Well, I believe it was a radical self-expression. I just called a friend one day and said, let's burn a man on the beach. Let's burn a man on the beach. Let's burn a man on the beach. Howdy, I'm Steve Robbins. And I'm Evan Schulman. And this is Burning Man According, According to, to us. us. That's right. Both we of are, us. <laughs> we, are back, we are back at it again, Steve and Evan, discussing uh, all the things that uh, make up Burning Man. For us. For us. For us, at least. That's an important distinction. This is just two sets of eyeballs, two sets of consciousnesses, perspective on the experience that is Burning Man. So of course, if you've been to Burning Man, obviously you have your own perspectives. We'd love for you to share them in some way, shape, or form. And if you've not been to Burning Man, uh, hopefully this podcast helps you kind of understand a little bit more about what it's about and, and have you consider if you'd want to join. <laughs> and, and if not, you'll know to run screaming in the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. I, I, either way, it's all good. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about another one of the 10 principles, radical self-expression. That's right. Um, well, uh, I don't have the exact text of it in front of me, but I'll bet you do. I do. I do. So, uh, again, uh, Burning Man has a set of 10 principles. Some people talk about an 11th and a 12th, but one of the, uh, quote unquote original 10 would be radical self-expression. So I'll just read that now. Uh, man, every time I do this, I feel like it's like reading the 10 commandments. And again, these are not commandments. They're <laughs> just guidelines, principles. Uh, we talk about in other episodes. Anyways, I'll just read this one. So, Radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one other than the individual or a collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. Uh, Rights and liberties of the recipient. Okay, less Ten Commandment, a little bit more uh, Bill of Rights-ish at the end there. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't actually know much about the history behind this, if there is history specifically behind it. I know that that the origin of Burning Man, which was just as a big party on Baker Beach in San Francisco, gradually simply attracted people who were kind of partiers and and artists and engineers and folks. And when they moved out to the Black Rock Desert, in the early days, there weren't theme camps. There weren't big, elaborate sculptures. There were just a bunch of people who went out and burned a man. Uh, burned an effigy of a man. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> and, yes. and the addition of art and the shift to something that is as deeply artistic as it is was, I think, something that happened over time. I remember hearing about the very first theme camp, which we'll talk, we'll, I'm sure at some point we'll have an episode all about theme camps, which was uh, uh, someone showed up dressed as Santa Claus, and he was a Santa of the playa. And mm. that kind of started the whole the whole growth of the, from what I've seen, of the artistic, uh, the, the, like the, the deeply big, large-scale art type, uh, Art of Burning Man. But radical self-expression seems almost inherent in all of that. Like mm. once you're off in the desert a gazillion miles away from... Yeah from your daily life, you can kind of step outside the bounds of yourself and, and do stuff. Um, and of course, what's interesting is that in recent years, if you go on to Etsy or, or, or eBay and you search for things like Burning Man costumes, what you get is a particular somewhat steampunk-inspired look. Yeah. 
yeah. which is kind of like the exact opposite of self of radical self expression because I think the word self is in there <laughs> and to go right. and look for the standard costume is kind of the opposite of self. Yeah, and I think that gets to also how the you know ten principles overlap. I think the uh, last episode we did was on decommodification, and you know that that kind of overlaps. If you're if you're paying for a costume and you're paying for your experience, and you just go in and spectate, uh, you're not you're not doing it right, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, you're kind of missing the point of hey, how do you want to express yourself? What are your skills that you can contribute? How are you wanting to participate in creating this experience? Um, and again, that's kind of getting at the core of what Burning Man is, is, is trying to do as a, as a cultural project in a sense. Yeah. Um, well, think about it. If you're, if you're not expressing yourself, if you're just showing up either to be a, a consumer, in which case you're not expressing very much except, Hey, look at me, I can consume. Yeah. Uh, and if you're buying all commodified stuff, then frankly, the event is not any better because you're there. Right. And that's, that's, I think, this was one of the first things that was said to me to describe Burning Man. And to this day, I keep ret- returning to this. Most events you go to and you ask, how was the event? And that's, in some way, the driving question is, am I enjoying this event? And at Burning Man, I think the driving question, or the one that I would like to see and the one that seems most real to me, is the driving question of, why is the event better because you're there? Which is a mm. complete, it flips it on its head. It's not saying you're showing up to consume. It's saying you're showing up to be part of. And radical self-expression, if the only way you're being part of is by contributing some commodified thing that anyone could just go buy at a store, then in fact the event isn't particularly better because you're there. Because all you're doing is carrying in someone else's contribution, the person who designed mm-hmm. the thing that you're wearing or that you're holding or whatever. And really this, I, you know, it's funny, I'm thinking out loud as I'm saying this, but I think the radical self-expression, which I've always thought as being mainly about, about art whether it's worn art or outfits or whatever, I think it's actually more fundamental than I had given it credit for because mm. it's the thing that makes it important that you are going to Burning Man versus that someone is going to Burning Man, if that makes any mm. sense. Yeah, it, it gives a intrinsic value to the person going um, because they are part and parcel of the experience. And I think the reflection on art is really interesting too because – yeah, as I'm kind of rereading this radical self-expression, like in some ways that could be a call for uh, being artistic and being a creative uh, human being, right? Um, if art is one way to express oneself in a variety of media. Um, and I'm even thinking back to the burning of the uh, wooden effigy on the beach, if we're kind of trying to look from a historical perspective, where that could almost be seen as performance art and I think part of what that first experience created was if if uh, Larry said, hey, I want to burn a man on the beach, um, he didn't say it was performance art, but basically whoever picked up the phone, sorry if I'm not saying the uh, uh, proper names right, but whoever picked up the phone was like, yeah, let's do it. And they didn't judge uh, Larry's desire to express himself, um, which I believe happened after a breakup. Uh, there was no judgment on it, right? It was just like, hey, this is something I want to do. It's it's what I'm feeling I, I maybe need to do to express myself in this particular situation. And the person on the receiving end of that said, yeah, let's go for it. And, and didn't judge or deny that self-expression to emerge and express itself. And so maybe that's me just kind of probing for some type of like root of, of all of this. But I do think that as Burning Man evolved and became this kind of... Uh, 
yeah, open canvas for the individuals to contribute to. Um, I think you've used that metaphor before, Steve, of like a kind of canvas and you're, you're adding your own paint to it. Um, it's allowed for, yeah, well, what, what type of paintbrush do you have and what type of color are you going to add and what type of stroke are you going to add? And when we zoom out and look at it for this, you know, individual contribution of radical expression, uh, you're going to get something that's beautiful and very hard to describe unless you were a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, I, well, part of that too is because what you can describe is what actually happened, right? You can say, oh, I saw this big giant thing with lights, or you can say, oh, I saw this person doing this performance. But that's the result of the radical self-expression. And the thing yes. that I think is so transformative in terms of how you feel it is the ability to do the radical self-expression, even if for you, that radical self-expression is, you know, I'm going to make a pancake on my little burner at my at my tent, because to me, cooking food is this like deeply emotional, meaningful thing. Like yeah. it, it doesn't have to be a 60 foot tall art project. However, right. let's talk about a, a little bit more about the, the forms of self-expression that happen at Burning Man that don't happen other places. Yeah. Because I find, I find one of the liberating things about Burning Man is that it is a place where you can do stuff that you can't do other places. This year, for example, I got a mohawk before going. And it's one of those things that ever since I was a teenager, I've always thought, oh, I'd like to try an outlandish hairstyle, you know, but but I have to get into college and then I have to, to be prepared to go to my summer job and then I have to be prepared for my permanent job. You know, and I'm I'm a lot older than college age now and I never did it. And I was like, you know, I just want to try this and see what happens. And of course, the funny part is, is, you know, once, once I had a mohawk, I was starting to notice them everywhere I went. And, you know, I got to Burning Man and I was like, oh man, everyone has mohawks here. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> darn it, I'm just conforming in the wrong direction. Uh, except, but, but it gave me a chance to try something I hadn't tried before. And, and yes. certainly in terms of appearance and, and way of showing up, it is interesting because people do respond differently to you based on how you're dressed, based upon how you look, based on how you move. And you could just come to Burning Man and try something you've never done before. And the fact that you know a lot of people at Burning Man use play names. You don't necessarily discover what someone's real name is, even if you might spend several days with them and never, never know their mm -hmm. real name. Yeah. In fact, you may know them for months and years and still not know their real name, which has happened to me. So what that means is you've got not only an environment where you can self-express and do things that are really unique to you, whether they're big and major or small. Um, you know, you could walk around and talk solely in rhyme or whatever if you wanted to, but you're mm -hmm. doing it in a somewhat anonymous environment too, because you have a playa name. I'm not Stever. I'm, you know, I'm Fribulous. <laughs> and and Fribulous has a mohawk. And where's... No, it's Fribulous, not Frivolous, right? You're not oh, Frivolous. No. Oh, definitely not Frivolous. Well, okay. unless, unless I want to try that on for a week. And I'll go <laughs> yeah, to Burning okay. Man and be Frivolous. Um, but it gives you a place where you can do those things. I, I'm reminded... A woman named Cheryl Richardson, who was one of the early life coaches, and she became actually a very famous one. She toured with Oprah and all kinds of stuff. She tells a story about how one day she was at a salon getting her nails done uh, and getting a, a, a manicure, manicure and a panicure, you know, her hands and her feet, getting the nails done. Okay. And yep. the woman in the seat next to her was, um, uh, was, was getting 
like a design done on her nails. And Cheryl thought, oh, I, <laughs> I can't do that. You know, I mean, that's just too weird or whatever. Right. And the woman looked at her and said, if you're afraid to get a design put on your nails, what else are you afraid of? in your mm-hmm. life <laughs> you know like base actually i don't remember if she's the one who said to or from but basically i've always thought about that that you know if i'm afraid to cut my hair in a certain hairstyle and and color it a certain way if if i'm actually afraid of that what huge number of things could i be doing with my life that i'm never even going to think of because a haircut is too scary Right. And Burning Man is a place which, you know, even as I say that, the answer is I didn't do it until this year, you know, mm-hmm. and Burning Man is a place where you can go to try that scary, scary thing and discover maybe that it's not so scary or maybe it is scary in daily life, but it's not, but there's a place, Burning Man, where it's not scary. Yeah. And I, th- I think you're hitting on two kind of key parts here. One is um, you're reminding me of when I went to college, uh, oh, oh, so many years ago. Um, and people said, you know, college is really an opportunity to, uh, you know, kind of start start fresh, right? If you if you've lived in the same town for K through twelve, and everyone kind of got to know you through the years, and you know, maybe there was some type of conformity because of teenage politics and cliques and stuff like that. Um, when you go to college, like, unless it's a you know local school where most of your high school goes to, um, you kind of get the opportunity to reinvent yourself, right? And because no one has that historical context of who you were in third grade or kindergarten. And so um, in a similar sense, uh, the metaphor I'm making here is when you go to Burning Man, unless you go with, you know, a lot of your close friends or something like that, uh, 99.999% of the people there don't, don't know you, they don't have any history with you. And so that gives you a fresh starting point for you to introduce yourself as you maybe think that you actually are and you don't get to do that back uh, in the quote-unquote default world. Or uh, to your point, Stever, um, you're able to uh, try on a new identity in a sense um, and and try something that maybe you've been afraid to try in the past and you know put that on and see how that feels, whether, whether or not it's literally putting something on clothing-wise or maybe it's a personality or something that you've been afraid to indulge in for whatever reason. Um, and I think this, the second part that what you said made me think of is um, connected to this blog post that I read. Again, on the podcast, I've been referencing a lot of the uh, quote-unquote official blog of Burning Man, which is journal.burningman.org. And I think I've often uh, cited uh, this one author, Caveat Magister, um, this is a blog post from December 2014 on the therapeutic power of radical self-expression. Uh, I'm just trying to look through the quote here. Um, yeah, so 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 I guess the quote will be, uh, yet it may very well be, humanistic psychology has often said so that what we call, quote, radical self-expression, end quote, is in fact a vital component of mental health. While the public perception of creative genius ties it to madness and mental illness, Research actually suggests that it is human beings who lack an outlet for their creativity in whatever form is meaningful to them, who are, at a, who are at a higher risk of depression and mental illness. The benefits of belonging to an accepting community are equally well documented. Put the two together and maybe you do have something that is particularly potent in its therapeutic effect. Burning Man may be a surprisingly close simulacra of the experimental therapy groups now meeting uh, in the developing world. Um, so I think that's kind of getting to this idea that when you have a, uh, quote, accepting community, um, and when you have an outlet for your creativity, which is again, maybe your artistic, uh, inner artist or your, 
uh, desire to express yourself in an unlimited way. When you have those two things, you have a really uh, safe space with which to um, you know explore yourself, and it can be therapeutic in some sense. Um, well, of course, not not everything about Burning Man is therapeutic, and the blog post touches on that. But yeah, Steve, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Right. Well, and you're getting to another point there, which is that the the flip side of an environment where radical self expression is a cornerstone is acceptance that because you know everyone's going to be wandering around radically self-expressing there is a degree uh, to which people suspend judgment even the kinds of judgment they might normally mm-hmm. have in the real world so mm-hmm. you know what i'm going to expect somebody to come in and and you know they're doing a piece of performance art or exploration in which they answer in which you know everything they say is an insult say which by the way i think that would probably be a pretty unpleasant thing to do as an experiment you would discover why people wouldn't want to hang around with you but, yeah but i mean there's a degree to which you could do something like that and especially if people knew you were doing it they would simply you know they would they would be more accepting they would be like okay you know what i don't want to hang out with him because what he's doing i don't like but at the same time He's doing the thing. And in fact, you know, he's doing the thing that's his self-reliance. In fact, that's one of the conversations that goes on, certainly on some of the Burning Man boards uh, and Burning Man forums, is where is the line between just being an asshole and <laughs> and being and self uh, and genuine legitimate self-expression? There was a conversation right. about dark wads. And dark wads are people who wander around at night without any light on them, which means if you're an art car or if you're on a bicycle, you may not see this person until moments before you run them over. Yeah, no, there's no streetlights, people. It is it is the dark desert. You maybe have moonlight and maybe an LED near you, but if lacking both of those, you are basically invisible in the desert. Correct. And there are some people who, on, on the bulletin boards who are very proud of that they walk around without lights. And they're like, they're like, being a dark wad is part of my radical self-expression. I'm not going to buy into this. Everyone has to be lit. I'm going to walk around and be dark. And, and as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's a legitimate form of self-expression as long as it's combined with <laughs> big, big as long as, mm-hmm. as long as it's combined with, with also the radical self-reliance and, and responsibility because you can walk around without light in a place where there are people driving around and won't be able to see you. And, and you need to be prepared to accept the consequences of that, which is yes. that you might get hit by someone on a bicycle or, God forbid, on a car, in a car and seriously injured or killed. Yes. But, but I mean, and I know this sounds strange to say, but if so, it's sort of okay because you knew what you were doing, you knew what you were getting into, and in the Burning Man world, it's like, okay, that's the, your form of self-expression is doing this thing and taking these risks, and you're doing it with full knowledge. You know what you're getting into. Um, you know, go for it, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, yeah, and that and that fits with um, another part of that that journal article. Uh, I'll just read that now because it fits really well. Um, so we left off saying Burning Man may be a surprisingly close simulacra of the experimental therapy groups now meeting in the developing world, or at least it can be, but it isn't necessarily. I think that's a vital point to keep in mind. Again, this is a caveat magister's blog, um, so I'm just quoting him. Uh, it's one thing to say that Burning Man can potentially have a strong positive impact on someone's mental health. It clearly can. But it's another thing to suggest, as some burner academics and Burning Man boosters have, 
that burners are necessarily better adjusted than the average person, that we have more, quote, emotional regulation and, quote, strategies or what have you. This is nonsense, and not just because we've all seen people having epic breakdowns on Playa and know perfectly well that burners have about the same percentage of assholes among us as any other community. More than that, Burning Man is not necessarily therapeutic because Burning Man is an embrace of possibility. To suggest that if Burning Man doesn't elevate your mood by 16% annually, you're not doing it right, is to entirely miss the point. Burning Man is more open than that. We're doing it right. Burning, uh, sorry, when doing, when we're doing it right, Burning Man is an experience where anything can happen. You might get healed, but you might get hurt. You might die. And I think that touches exactly on, on that, Steber, where, yes, if you want to radically self-express yourself and you understand the consequences, like, please understand the consequences. You might get hurt. You might die. And furthermore, understand that as a community, um, if you do get hit, uh, and your self-reliance is relying on the kindness of strangers around you to you know, save you or help you in time, um, I think it just helps to make one more mindful of how your actions impact your community and, and how it's going to impact uh, their experience. Um, you know, in some sense, in some sense and I, I suspect there are people who would frame, this, frame Burning Man as such, uh, this is almost, there's a degree to which this is kind of a, a genuine libertarian experiment. Now, it, it really isn't. In fact, there's a tremendous amount of structure and community at this point that is built up in Burning Man. But there are elements of it that are much more related to an, a libertarian ideal in some ways. And and by the way, just for the benefit of those listening, I am not personally – I was a libertarian in college and have since decided that I was wrong. But that's a whole other story. But this is a case where people who are in favor of being self-reliant and of just being able to do what they want – and you know, and and everyone shows up and is responsible for the consequences of their own actions. This is one of the things that the combination of radical self reliance and also, it's funny because we don't talk about ra- or radical sorry radical self expression and radical self reliance, um, and we don't really talk about radical acceptance as a. I guess maybe that's part of radical inclusion, but but the, which is the flip side of radical self-expression. Um, but this is a place where you can go. And if you go and if you radically self-express in a way that causes people to dislike you and not want to give you the thing you want from them, that's great. Like that, this is the libertarian experiment. And what you discover, of course, is that actions have consequences. And the paradise in which you can do anything you want to anyone and around anyone, no matter how offensive or obnoxious, and expect them to simply put up with it. I mean, that's just, that's silly. That's not, yeah. that's never going to happen. But um, but this is a place where you can try it. You can test what those boundaries are, you know. <laughs> Gee, how many people do I have to get drunk and throw up on before they finally ban me from the camp? Well, <laughs> yeah. this is the place yeah. to perform that experiment. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that that touches on another good part. Just going back to the the original text of radical self expression, it arises from the unique gifts of the individual. So I I think it might be hard for someone to argue, oh, my getting super drunk and throwing up is my gift. That's how I radically express myself. I might buy the argument. My unique gift is trying to loosen people up and have people not be so anxious about you know what's going on around them and just be more present in the moment. That that would be a unique gift. And then when the principle says no one other than the individual or collaborating group can determine its content, again, fair, the individual might say, no, this is my unique gift. But because it's framed in this offering as a gift to others, um, again, the principle says, in this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient, right? So it's it's trying to create a kind of 
bi-directional relationship where you understand your actions have consequences and that ideally what you're expressing is a gift of truly knowing yourself and um, you know, standing firm in the choices that you make such that, you know, even, even the dark wads who are like, Hey, I like being dark. Maybe their gift is, um, saying that, and, and I'm totally going out on a limb here, but maybe their gift is, you know, there's too much light pollution. And sometimes it's nice to just be in a dark desert. Now, again, that giver should respect the rights and liberties of the people that they're sharing that with and understand the consequences. But perhaps it is a gift for us to critically think about, yeah, do we need LED lights to have a good time in a sense? Right. Well, and in fact, even that is a really interesting interesting example you bring up because when my friends started going to Burning Man, which was the early 2000s, they didn't have all these amazing LEDs yet. The the Yeah, it used to be mostly like fire, right? Because it was like pre the super cheap LEDs that everyone can get. Um, correct. Well, it was fire, then it was uh, eel wire. Which is okay, yeah. which is a glowing sort of wire, and, but but eel wire is much less bright than LEDs. So there was mu- there was much more fire. It was much more about fire and that that and you know to, today I would say at least this last year it was mostly LEDs. I mean yes there was some fire but I would say it was ninety percent maybe ninety five percent LED and light that was created in other ways, and you know even right there um, the when the way you have of creating light is fire, that mm-hmm. has dangerous consequences for those who are standing nearby holding uncapped gas cans, for example. <laughs> I, I sat, I found a beautiful fire tree uh, way out in deep playa, and I lay down underneath it, and an ember fell on my face. And I was not happy at that time. It was part of the risk. I moved a little bit further outside of the embers, uh, but uh, but still close enough to stay warm. But yeah, it's it's... It ain't no joke, people. I think there's like one one line that's like safety third, right? So, right, yeah. Um, so, I guess in terms of thinking about radical self expression, if you were going to go to Burning Man and you hadn't been before, some of the kinds of things you could ask, for example, are what are the ways I want to show up in the world that are different from how I do in my daily life, and what would it mean to me to show up that way? So, you know, if you've ever thought to yourself, if only I could, da 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 da. You know, then I would be all different. If let, let me use an example from my own life. This is not a Burning Man example, but at one point several years ago, I co-wrote and performed a musical based on a book that I had written, the world's first musical about personal productivity and zombies. You can see a five-minute trailer for it at worklessanddomore.com. <laughs> and that the way that came about is long and complicated and non-intuitive, let's simply say that I would never in my wildest, wildest dreams have thought I would ever do that. And and the simple doing of it, and I would claim that it's not a radicalized act of any sort, but the simple doing of that changed my self-concept and of who I was. It was a one-time thing that I did, but suddenly now I became someone who could, who, who I'm not going to be on Broadway anytime soon, but I can sing. I can write stuff. Like I can write fiction. I can write a play. I can rehearse it and deliver it. Like it really expanded who I was. Well, if there's something that you could do over the course of a week to expand who you are and expand how you show up and what you do, you know, Burning Man, think about about coming and trying that. It, honestly, this is one reason why I'm always conflicted about try, who I should or shouldn't try to convince to 
go to the event because there are some people I'm like, wow, I really think that you would have a great time at the event, but I really don't want to encounter you while I'm there because I'm going to be busy going outside of the yeah. realm of how you and I know each other. And I'm not so sure that, that I want you to be exposed to that part of me that's experimental, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that brings up, it's, it made me think of almost like, um, social psychology and almost like an inverse uh, Stanford prison experiment where uh, because there's no roles necessarily set, it's just kind of show up as you are and with the tools you need to reliably live in the desert. Um, It almost creates this experience where exactly that, like if no one's anchored to a previous conception of you, then who they see is, is who you are and who you are choosing to be in that moment. And to your point about like, Oh, let me kind of distance myself I think that speaks to how much, like, even just seeing someone that you recognize from, uh, again, quote unquote, default world, um, could trigger a certain like mental state where it's like, oh, I need to revert back to their expectations, right? Even though nothing else has changed other than you just saw them, right? But it's it's so interesting how just the context of being at Burning Man, um, with its anon- with it with its anonymity, with its experimentation happening all around you, it gets us to make these different choices. Um, and for me and my personal experience, like, again, this one was the first one I went to, um, I kind of knew about this aspect of the culture going in, but it still took me, uh, a good part of the week to fully kind of em- embrace my own radical self-expression. Um, and I guess that was because I was still kind of coming out of the, uh, social psychological context of the default world where I'm kind of, you know, looking and listening for who's judging me, what are they thinking about me? Um, but once I kind of realized that the space was, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll call it a, a safe space, at least for me, um, then, then my behaviors changed and I felt like I was more able to, uh, embrace myself. And with the safe space, I'll just read kind of the last quote that I had from that blog post, uh, where caveat magister says, burning man has no guaranteed outcome and burning man is not as so many have claimed a quote, safe space. Uh, where everyone will approve of you and no one will criticize you and everyone will treat you like the special little daffodil you are. So obviously, <laughs> obviously there's um, some, some critique there that it, you know, maybe my experience is not what many also experienced, or maybe someone was judging me and they just didn't yell it out in a megaphone as they passed by. So, well, um, okay, well you know, let, yeah. let me, <clears throat> let me offer an alternative perspective on that, which is, which is what people aren't doing is judging the fact that you're self-expressing. But they are, but but they're also not oblivious to it. I mean, if mm. if somebody is w- walking around with a racist, an insulting racist T-shirt, you know, proudly declaring that all Pandadorians, you know, should submit for instant genocide at the genocide booths, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not that everyone's going to go, oh, yay. You know, we think you're great and someone we want to have around. What it means is they're going to say, wow, okay, you took the opportunity. This is, again, about the consequences of your actions. You know, you took the opportunity to really revel in the part of you that hates Zora, whatever I said before, Zora Glorians. And Glorians, yeah. yeah. They're such a friendly Glorians. Right. And and guess what? That It turns out the rest of us feel differently. And Mm -hmm. you do still get to end up feeling socially excluded when we don't want you eating with us because of your t-shirt. But that's different than saying no one here should express radical views. It's, it's express a radical view 
and we will be open to the feedback that society will provide, whether it's positive or negative. Right. And, you know, and by the way, use it as a, use it as an opportunity. You could ask questions. You could say, why do you object to my t-shirt? You know, you could even open your own mind. And when people said, oh, that t-shirt is not appropriate, you could even think, oh, gee, you know, maybe it isn't. Let me seek to understand why. So I think it's not that you necessarily, it's not that, that people will approve of what you do, but it's more like people will approve of your right to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I forget there was some famous quote about freedom of the press that said, you know, I will, I, I hate what they have to say, but I will defend to the death their right to say it. And Oh, yeah, I think that's uh, Voltaire, yeah. Okay. And in our daily lives, especially those of us, I'm saying those of us, I don't work in a corporation, but for those people who do work <laughs> in corporations, so much of our lives are spent, um, are spent striving for conformity. I mean, like, that's the ground rule. I remember one day I posted a thing on Facebook saying, I'm thinking of going to a business networking event, and I don't feel like wearing a suit, so I'm thinking of going in jeans and a t-shirt. What do you think will happen? And, oh my gosh, people are like, you're going to destroy your career, you're going to tank your reputation, no one will ever do business with you again. I mean, not Mm -hmm. that any of them had ever done business with me before, but, and you know what? I went, I wore jeans and a t-shirt, the sky did not fall. People mm. who respected me beforehand still respected me. People who did not respect me beforehand still did not respect me. And I'm sure there were some people I had never met before. And you know what? The people I had never met before, seeing one person in t-shirt and jeans in this place with suits, there are some people who would go over and talk to me because mm-hmm. they'd be curious. Who is this mm-hmm. person? Who, who? Mm-hmm. Like the very non, the very fact that you're not dressing as the mainstream can itself send more of a message. Than the specifics of how you are dressing, mm-hmm. and right, and at, at Burning Man, it's almost like you can show up being a unique message, and people will be interested in that unique message, because in some sense, the part of the intent of the radical self-expression is there is no standard societal norm at Burning Man, or there shouldn't mm-hmm. be. You know, the steampunk look—that's that's that's become a norm because a bunch of fashion magazines have taken it and and promoted it, or at least it's become a perceived norm, um, but. That, but not at all. You, you know, that's just that's just one look. There are plenty of people who don't dress up at all, and then there are some people mm-hmm. who dress up in unbelievable costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, there are there are people who who they don't express their self expression through a particular way of dressing, but maybe it's what they how they act or what they do or where they camp or you know whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Every every choice, whether it's what you wear or what you visit or what you do, all of those are creative choices and, and opportunities for you to radically express one's self. And I think that also speaks to an aspect, I think it's on like the back of the programs that they hand out um, upon arrival or in your, in your ticket kit, uh, which I, I think it says something to the effect of, um, you know, you, you are the one who makes, you are the one who like with your own wants and desires, make make the experience for you. So something like that. The point being, um, when you know what you want, you can basically find it and express it in in this in this space. Um, and I think people that choose to, well, I guess I should phrase it another way. It's almost an opportunity to get to know thyself, right? Because if you're making choices that aren't in alignment with who you feel or know yourself to be, it might come off as you're just, again, trying to fit some type of social norm that someone else has defined for you. Um, 
be that through clothing or, you know, oh, you need to go to all the the dance uh, parties at Burning Man. No, like you could know that you just really love really interesting topics and discussion. You go to sleep every night at Burning Man. And the thing that you love to do is just going to all the interesting talks where different experts or grad students or community uh, organizers or whoever are have something interesting to say. And that could be your experience if you know that that's what you truly value. And that's why that, that Burning Man can be that for you, as long as you kind of know that that's what you're interested in and, and take ownership of your own wants and um, your own identity in, in making those choices. Yes. That's one of the things I think that that is so interesting about the people who are reporters and they go to Burning Man for the first time, like that the Business Insider article that the two of us were talking about at one point where the woman right. attended and she said, oh, you know, the orgies were lame. And, and that is someone who is, again, is thinking in terms of I'm here to consume the experience, not I'm here to express myself. And that was something that I thought was, was is pervasive in all of the stuff that mainstream journalists, and by mainstream, I basically mean anyone who defines themselves as reporting on, that they really don't get about Burning Man. Because mainstream journalism is specifically about being an outside observer looking in and saying, here's what the thing is that I'm reporting on. However, the thing that's going to make Burning Man cool and awesome and amazing and neat for you is not the view from the outside. It's the, okay, journalist, show up and and. How do you radically self-express? And what is that experience like for you? And that's going to be the thing that's going to make it amazing. And maybe part of your radical self-expression is journalism-related, in which I would say, you know, what is it about journalism that 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 is the self-expression? And how else could you bring it to the playa? Like, you know, maybe you could go around like randomly offering fact-checking services to people. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, but <laughs> But if that really, you know, like if being a journalist is core to your identity and to your being, find a way to really express that in ways maybe that you never have before. And I don't know what those would be because I'm not a journalist and I don't know what the critical pieces are. And I might not yeah. be creative enough to figure it out. But hey, <laughs> that's, my, that's why my radical self-expression involves giving people hand massages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that's an interesting point around um, like, you know, some, some type of a journalist who's there for a job uh, yes, they might have to have some type of, uh, I don't know what the word would be in the industry, but like journalistic separation. Um, and a scientist, right? Even even scholars that maybe come to study uh, are trying to have some type of, um, you know, academic uh, uh, distance so that they can, you know, objectively view it. But that kind of objectivity is is going to miss the point. It's like if you and I were here pontificating about Burning Man and we've never been, right? We're just looking at it from the outside. But but being and participating and experiencing it is very different. And of course it's going to give you a subjective uh, view. And, and that's why, you know, in a sense, this is according to us, because this is just our personal experience Two other people could have met in the desert and had a completely different podcast to talk about. Um, but going back to the principles, like that's type of, that's the, that's the DNA of the, of the experience that is kind of driving this whole thing. And that's why, you know, I think it's interesting that we, we kind of explore these, uh, these different topics. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know. I, th I think we've kind of beat this one to death. <laughs> <laughs> There's always more ways to radically express ourselves uh, when it comes to radically. That's right. But perhaps for now we've done a, a 80% of the job. Next year I'm going to show up and I'm just going to be a mime. I'm not going to say a word. Everything will be mimed. 
people will love me because people love mimes, right? Of course, unless the people that call out and say, hey, why don't you voice yourself? Uh, and they put their opinion into, into your space. Yeah, and experience. you can't really respond because you're a mime. And you know how sophisticated can you get just miming things? Well, you could just do the, uh, the old wind up the middle finger back to them. And then, you know, <laughs> there's ways you could play with it. It's all a big playground. Absolutely. Uh, so this has been Burning Man According to Us with Steve Robbins and, and Evan Shulman. And thank you for listening. And we hope to hear you, see you, be heard by, uh, and radically self-whatevered in our next episode. Yes, please radically express yourself in, in all the things, including the next episode. Exactly. Come back soon. Bye.